Well, I guess you just have to be prepared to die. Well, what? Cell phones, pay attention. I tell you, you start counting five like a sucker. Alright, here we go. So this is gonna be my list of what I think are the 100 greatest bands of all time. So basically, I just got bored one day, and I was like, I'm going to count down who I think are the 100 greatest bands in rock and roll history. I mean, some of the most of these are going to be bands. Some will be like solo artists, but they still have a band, so I still count it. Um, I mean, this is strictly my opinion. There's no... Uh, I mean, I'm not going off of like record sales, their billboard charts anything like that this is strictly just based on whether i like them um so there's definitely going to be some bands that are left off this list that people think well, why the fuck is that band not even on the list if they're not on the list it's more than likely because i don't like them <laughs> uh which you'll see by the end of this that you'll know like what bands are left off that i just don't like um yeah, it's going to be four parts. So this is episode one, bands 100 through 76. So starting off at 100, the animals. So I put the animals at 100 because, I mean, obviously I have some of the other other like British invasion bands pretty higher up on the list, um, which the animals are definitely a part of the British invasion like they're not as good as some of the other bands, but are still a fucking incredible band. And Eric Burden is one of the greatest singers of like '60s rock. Because um, you could look at like fucking Mick Jagger, and he's not like the greatest singer; he's just an amazing frontman. But Eric Burden is both like a really good frontman, but also has a fucking crazy voice. I love it when people are like short, <laughs> like small, but have like big guy voices. And Eric Burden sounds like he would be seven feet tall. Yeah, the animals are fucking amazing. And are, in a weird way, responsible for Jimi Hendrix. Because the bass player, Chaz Chandler, is the guy who discovered Jimi Hendrix. So, they got to be on the list just for that. And then, number 99. This one, some people are probably going to disagree with. But, fuck it. Uh, Whitesnake. So... Yeah, I mean, Whitesnake is definitely a band that you don't realize how good they are until you really dig into, like, their repertoire. Um, David Coverdale is an amazing singer, like the 80s version of Robert Plant. Um, yeah, fucking Whitesnake is amazing. Like, I know people shit on them because of, like, people just like to shit on hair metal. Rightfully so. But Whitesnake also, people don't realize, is basically just Deep Purple, but like the 80s version. And not even that, because Whitesnake came out like in the 70s. And when you listen to 70s Whitesnake, I mean, they're definitely like more Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple sound. They just adapted to like 80s hair metal. 
and were better than most of the 80s hair metal band and invented like the idea of having a hot chick in your music video like tawny katane fucking basically having sex with herself on top of a jaguar pretty fucking great way to make a video <laughs> all right the number 98 just being from texas gotta be on the list a fucking guitar hero stevie ray vaughn um like i was gonna put stevie ray vaughn higher on the list but i kind of have to knock him down because a lot of his songs are just covers of other people's songs like it's very and it's like a lot of his career is kind of a ripoff he's a ripoff of hendrix and then like every blues musician because like all of it most of his songs are not original songs they're songs from you know like whoever howlin wolf like all those like old school blues musicians so can't really put him like too high on the list but steve ray vaughn is such a fucking iconic guitarist uh, like you can't not be on the list and yeah i mean just would have been interesting to see like what would have happened if he didn't die so young i mean i'm sure everybody knows but died in a helicopter crash when he was like 30 something like 34 uh, and i think in 1990 or 91 but um yeah, I mean, well, I say that, but he could have just ended up being on the like a you know sixty year old man playing in the Super Bowl with fucking Justin Timberlake. <laughs> All right, the number ninety seven. God damn, like basically the epitome of rock music, Motorhead. Like when you think of like what a rock star is supposed to be, one of the first people that should be coming to mind is Lemmy. Like, Motorhead is such a fucking badass band. Like, just, like, not a power ballad in their entire history. <laughs> like, every song is just, like, like fast, heavy, loud as shit. Not really put together that well. Like, it's not, you know, fucking Dark Side of the Moon. But fuck, Motorhead is amazing. And, like, Lemmy is one of those people that... Like, you think, you know, if you could get fucked up with any rock star, who would it be? Like, Lemmy has got to be on your list. Like, that dude was, like, a living legend. Like, his whole life, really. Sadly, passed away. But, yeah, Motorhead. Number 96. <laughs> this one is probably kind of a surprise to people. Um, Seven Dust. So this one is more of like kind of a childhood thing because Seven Dust, like I was a huge fan of whenever I was a kid. And there's kind of a, like, I don't know what you call like a trend in this list that I've noticed. A lot of the bands that are on here are people that have like really powerful voices. Just because I love like hearing people that have like a strong, powerful voice. And Lejean Witherspoon is fucking like one of the top guys um yeah seven dust number 95 <laughs> uh now keep in mind i'm just going off of music not as a person but danzig um bit of a douche <laughs> to say the least but danzig's music like combines like two of my favorite little subsets of music like 50s johnny cash Jerry Lee Lewis type sound 
with, you know, like badass like punk rock. Like that's, I mean, in Danzig, you know, obviously was the singer for the Misfits and then left and you know, decided to do like a solo project. And, but yeah, basically just combined Johnny Cash with punk rock, <clears throat> which how can you not fucking like that? Uh, but yeah, the first thing obviously that comes to mind when you think of dancing is him getting knocked the fuck out <laughs> backstage. If anybody hasn't seen that video, uh, you should just Google Danzig gets knocked out and you'll see it. <laughs> All right. Number 94, the dead Kennedys. One of the greatest punk bands of all time. Uh, also lyrically, one of the most interesting bands ever. Like, like all of their songs are funny in like a really weird, sick, like politically motivated way. Like, read the lyrics to California Uber Allies. It's basically saying that Governor Jerry Brown is, like, a sadistic Nazi, but, like, a Nazi hippie. <laughs> um, and their singer is one of the most interesting people alive, Jello Biafra, which that is his actual name. Well, now it's his actual name. So it's obviously not his real name, but, uh, you know, they're band named the dead kennedys and a lot of record labels are like fuck that we are not going to sign a band called the dead kennedys uh so jello Biafra decides like well fuck that like why not and they're like well um you know it's just not commercial sounding like that's not a commercial name and he's like okay i'll make i'll make it more commercial so he decides to go legally change his name to jello to be as commercial as he can <laughs> Yeah, and then let's see, 93, I put uh, Muse, which I think Muse is probably one of the most modern bands on this list, um, just not like a massive fan of like modern rock, and, even, and especially since it kind of doesn't exist, <laughs> but Muse is one of the greatest three pieces ever, um, I mean, obviously up there with like Rush, Nirvana, and you know. Well, I would say Green Day, but they kind of suck ass. So, uh, but yeah, Muse is fucking amazing too. And again, another great singer, Matt Bellamy, is an amazing, very like Bowie-ish, like it's very like Bowie, Queen, and U two all put together, and then adding like weird synth electronics like Depeche Mode, which I mean I'm a huge fan of all of that. So be kind of hard not to like muse 92 the epitome of fucking your dad's favorite classic rock foreigner <laughs> which i know people shit on foreigner and i mean i get it like it's kind of cheesy and it's like it's one of those bands that if you turn the radio on to any classic rock station no matter where you are there's about a 70 percent chance it's going to be a foreigner song whether it's like hot blooded, cold as ice, double vision, jukebox hero, long, long way from home. I want to know what love is. Like all those songs are just classic rock bangers. And again, Lou Graham, an amazing singer. Number 91, another band from the old home state of Texas, and another badass three piece band, ZZ Top. Um, 
ZZ Top actually kind of right there with Foreigner as far as like the epitome of classic rock and a band that you can turn on your radio at any given time and most likely there's going to be a ZZ Top song playing on any classic rock station. Um, but yeah, fucking LaGrange, uh, Tush, the Sharp Dressed Man, like all those songs um, just got paid. Definitely a band that is a three-piece but doesn't sound like it. One, because Billy Gibbons is an amazing guitarist. And I actually used to give Jimi Hendrix guitar lessons, which is fucking nuts. Um, like, you know you're a badass if you were teaching Jimi Hendrix how to play the guitar. <laughs> All right, let's see. Number 90, Thin Lizzy. A band that I would consider to be one of the founders of like heavy metal, even though their sound itself is not that heavy. Um, Thin Lizzy is just such an incredible band, and Phil Lynott is a great, highly, highly underrated frontman. And like, as far as I know, one of the first like singers who was also the bass player, which is you know massively popular after Thin Lizzy, but. I mean, other than like Paul McCartney, I don't really know of any other people that were that were like bass players and singers at the same time. Um, yeah, and Thin Lizzy's also like well, kind of one of the biggest like what ifs, you know, if Phil Line it hadn't. I mean, he didn't OD. He had um, fuck, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a disease, basically, where his entire body became toxic because of drugs. So I mean, you can kind of call it an OD, just like a long term <laughs> OD. Yeah, Thin Lizzy, like, listen to Whiskey in the Jar, Jailbreak. I mean, everybody knows, like, the boys are back in town. Like, um, Bad Reputation. All those songs are amazing. Uh, number 89, like, one of the greatest super groups ever. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And sometimes Young. <laughs> but it's a basically an amalgamation of some of the most iconic 60s bands um, the Birds, Buffalo Springfield, and the Hollies. So, like, David Crosby and Neil Young both came from Buffalo Springfield. Graham Nash was in uh, – or, no, David Crosby was in The Birds. And then Stephen Stills and Neil Young were in Buffalo Springfield. And Graham Nash was in The Hollies. And all those bands basically ended at the same time. And, I mean, they all knew each other, growing, like, living up in uh, – What's it called? Laurel Canyon. And decided, well, fuck it. Let's just make a band. Craziest shit is that their second time performing together was Woodstock. (laughs) So their second time on stage together was in front of over a million people. God damn. All right. Let's see. 88. God. The the 80s Jim Morrison. Billy Idol. (laughs) Man, Billy Idol's another one that, like, kind of like White Snake, that gets sort of shit on. But I think people are now understanding like how badass his music was. Um, yeah, like everybody knows White Wedding, Rebel Yell. But then you can listen to, like Eyes Without a Face, um, like Billy Idol, and the end. Like if you go through back before his solo stuff when he was in Generation X, I mean they had amazing songs, Dancing with Myself. Um, yeah, Billy Idol is a, like a fucking iconic rock star. Um, let's see. 87, I put Jane's Addiction. 
definitely one of the weirdest bands on this list. <laughs> I friends with Dave Navarro. <laughs> yeah, Jane's Addiction. Holy shit. Definitely a band that was like falling apart from the jump. Like, good luck finding any video of Jane's Addiction, like, before, you know, their, like, reunion shows and shit. Good luck finding any video of them performing live where they don't sound like dog shit. But fuck, their songs are amazing. And Perry Farrell has such a very, like, a unique voice. And Dave Navarro, like, I guess you could say he's not, like, the greatest guitarist of all time. But his guitar playing fits with James Addiction's music. So it kind of doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, it would not make much sense if he was, like, fucking Ingve Melmstein doing, like, arpeggios and shit. <laughs> like, his, his guitar playing fits James Addiction perfectly. Like, those bands from L.A., like, in the late 80s, early 90s, just a weird group of people, but made amazing music. 86, so another super group, but a more modern one. Audio Slave. Um, yeah, Audio Slave's one of the like last bands that I remember being really, really into. And like as they were, you know, a new band. Because I just grew up only listening to like older music for the most part. But I remember watching like Audio Slave videos on TRL and being and just being obsessed with Tom Morello. Because like growing up playing the guitar and just trying to figure out how to make cool sounds. Like, that's all you would do is, like, watch Tom Morello videos and be like, all right, how the fuck do I make it do that? And then you realize it's, like, different pedals and shit like that. But I would just be scraping the shit out of the strings being like, why doesn't it sound like this? (laughs) But, like, listen to Like a Stone and listen to, like, Tom Morello's guitar solo is fucking... It's like his magnum opus of guitar playing. Um... I mean, yeah, there's some just maybe like show me how to live. And then obviously rest in peace, Chris Cornell, one of the greatest vocalists ever, like the nineties, Freddie Mercury, fucking an amazing band, which a little fun fact, he was not the original choice. So they had gone through because obviously audio slave is just the band members from rage against the machine, but with a new vocalist. Like, that's all Audio Sleeve is. And their original choice was Be Real from Cypress Hill. And that didn't work out. So then they were going to have Lane Staley. And then Lane Staley from Alice in Chains overdosed. And it was actually Rick Rubin's idea to use uh, Chris Cornell. And good call, Rick, because it would not have been nearly. Well, Lane Staley would have actually been pretty cool, but I mean. Yeah, I can't really picture it being anybody but Chris Cornell. All right, number 85, Motley Crue. <laughs> Definitely, you know, kind of one of the douchier bands on the list. But Motley Crue's music is fucking good. I don't care. People can shit on that all they want. People can say, oh, Motley Crue sucks, blah, blah, blah. They're just hair metal, makeup. Look, they were like the first out of those bands. So, like, I can get shitting on, you know, the bands that came out afterwards who were just copying Motley Crue, but they were like the originals of like, they invented hair metal. Um, I mean, there were people doing glam like the New York dolls and Bowie and shit like that. But to put glam into metal, 
was unheard of until Motley Crue. And Tommy Lee is an amazing drummer. Vince Neil has a good voice if you listen to the recordings, not live. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh man but like they are <laughs> the prime example of like a party band and a just drug fueled excess like I, I mean I imagine a lot of people have seen the dirt the movie about them but it's also the book um, and then there's like the heroin diaries I think is the book by Nikki Six. but yeah Nikki Six fucking OD'd twice on heroin and within like I think days of each other Vince Neil fucking killed someone Tommy Lee was basically invented the idea of a celebrity sex tape like the band is pretty revolutionary (laughs) alright 84 kind of along the lines of Motley Crue but just the better version in my opinion Skid Row I mean Sebastian Bach I mean, I've said it, I'm saying this a lot, but Sebastian Bach is a fucking amazing singer and still is like a lot of people do not like can't keep that voice for that long. Like that voice fucking blows out. The Skid Row is amazing. Like whether it's, you know, like Slave to the Grind, like one of their heavier songs or I Remember You, 18 and Life, Youth, uh, Youth Gone Wild, like all the Skid Row songs are just badass. All right, let's see. 83. This is the one that I think people I'm going to lose some people on. Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I know people want to shit on Fred Durst and say he's a douche and all this, but look, Limp Biscuit was a very revolutionary band for the time. And if you don't agree with that, then you're just you're like you're pretending to not give them credit because like the I that whole like new metal scene basically was invented by like or not invented by because corn kind of invented it and slipknot but like its apex is limp biscuit like that is what all of those bands were leading up to and yeah fred durst is a fucking great vocalist but the underrated part of limp biscuit is west borland west borland is such an amazing guitarist and no one ever talks about it. No one ever talks about how fucking great West Borland's guitar playing is. Um, yeah, Limbisk is just also a very like controversial band, just because like nobody is kind of a Limbiscuit fan. <laughs> you either like love that band, i.e. me, or you hate them with a passion, i.e. the majority of people. Alright, 82. This actually, I think, is the most modern band on the list. Uh, the Killers. Like, I remember when Samstown came out. I was like in like fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade. And, you know, like the Mr. Brightside video was on repeat on TRL every single day. Like, getting home from school and turning on TRL every day, like I did, Mr. Brightside was going to play at least a couple of times or at least Mr. Brightside and somebody told me and when you were young, like all those songs are just playing on repeat. Uh, I think people forget how much of like an impact the killers were and just how great their music is. Like their songs are written so fucking well. They're very like layered, um, which a lot of bands just don't do anymore. And then, um, What's his name? Isn't it Brandon Flowers? Yeah, Brandon Flowers has a great voice, like very 
<clears throat> very uh, like Bono-ish, but like with a little bit of Bowie and like, I don't know. He has like, there's a very 80s British vibe to the killers that is great. 81, the guess who? <laughs> um, yeah, like Randy Bachman, another great singer. Um, obviously, is the person who started Bachman Turner Overdrive. Um, yeah, the guess who? Another band that's very overlooked, very underrated. Um, like they have a very like a wide range of sound. So, like if you listen to These Eyes and then like American Woman, may as well be two completely different bands. But then you can dig into like New Mother Nature. No time, um, like all the all their songs are just fucking amazing. Um, yeah, a band that just doesn't get enough credit, but you're getting a little bit from me, so whatever that's worth. <laughs> all right, number eighty, live. Another band that just kind of falls through the cracks because of just how many bands like this there were in the nineties. Although I will say live is a lot more unique than most of those bands. Like Ed Kowalczyk is a strange person. Uh, like their music is like very like Arabian sounding. Like it has a very Middle Eastern vibe to a lot of their songs. I mean, then there's, you know, there's obviously like lightning crashes, I alone, um, was it down by the water? Is that one of them like down to the water? Like all they have, you know, the kind of cliche '90s alternative ballad, you know, type sound. But then you can listen to like Lakini's. Is it Lakini's Juice? Yeah, there's there's a lot of songs in there that are very like pre-system of a down, but like the '90s mellow version of that. Um, let's see, number seventy-nine. God, one of the most iconic people in rock history. It, the inventor of shock rock, Alice Cooper. Like, dude's fucking 70-something and still pulling it off. Like, it's kind of the genius of <laughs> creating a character is that characters don't get old. <laughs> so even though he's getting old, you know, Vincent Fernier, which is his real name, Alice Cooper is just always going to be Alice Cooper. Um, which is kind of fucking cool. Like the whole idea that he had that everybody in the sixties was dressing up like Peter Pan. It was making happy music. And he was like, well, somebody needs to be the captain hook. And there he goes. And yeah, just invented the idea of having a badass stage show, which no bands had really had like a, like a theatrical aspect to their music. Like as far as their concerts went, like you can look at you know the Rolling Stones, like it's just them on stage. I mean, obviously it's still great sound, but like they're not doing anything that's that interesting. Alice Cooper was bringing in like a guillotine and cutting his head off, having people in giant like spider costumes, sitting in an electric chair, uh, wearing like a straight jacket. Like Alice Cooper did all kinds of stuff. Fucking ripped a chicken apart. <laughs> God, that chicken story will follow him for the rest of his life. Like this dude was performing like very early in his career, performing at um, some music festival, and someone threw a chicken on stage. And Alice Cooper's like, "What the fuck?" So he just threw it back, thinking that it would fly away. 
and the audience members just ripped this fucker to pieces and started throwing the chicken back on stage. And then he started throwing the pieces of the chicken back at them. And it made him a fucking overnight, like sensation. Cause people were like, Oh my God, rock star massacres animal on stage. And Alice Cooper, who was discovered by Frank Zappa, Alice Cooper calls Frank Zappa and is like, dude, what do I do? Like, this isn't good. And Frank Zappa was like, this is the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. <laughs> like, this is going to make you a fucking star. And sure enough, what, 40 years later, 50 years later, actually, Alice Cooper, still one of the godfathers of metal. 78. The, probably the only comedy band on this list. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tenacious D. <laughs> so no, it's probably kind of a surprise because people don't really think about them as being like a great band, even though they should just listen to Tenacious D's music and try not to be just floored by how amazing a songwriters like Jack Black and Kyle Gass are. And Jack Black has a fucking astoundingly good like metal voice. I mean, you could obviously hear the like Dio, Bruce Dickinson, Rob Halford influences like in his voice, but he fucking kills it. And every Tenacious D song is like ridiculously catchy. Most metal songs, like especially like power metal kind of sounding stuff, isn't like catchy, but fucking Tenacious D's music is like that shit will get stuck in your head forever. Um, also, Tenacious D was discovered by Maynard James Keenan, which is pretty interesting. Well, Dave Grohl too, but like Maynard James Keenan was like the first one that saw them and was like, hey, do you want to perform like open for Tool? And that's really what like kicked off Tenacious D's career. So interesting little fun fact. Number 77, the Allman Brothers. Uh, yeah, the inventors of Southern Rock, hands down. Um, like every band that came after, whether it's, you know, Leonard Skinner or whoever is for sure ripping off the Allman brothers and Dwayne Allman, one of the greatest guitarists of all time, tragically died in a motorcycle wreck. I think he was like 23 when he died in a motorcycle wreck, like right as the Allman brothers were about to take off. So pretty sad. And then Greg Allman, the singer died, I think it was a couple of years ago. But he was also married to Cher, so that could have something to do with it. <laughs> Her husbands don't seem to have a lot of luck. Um, yeah, Almond Brothers are incredible. And one of the, I think, like one of the first bands that like got a name for themselves for their live shows. Like, um, their, I think their highest selling album is them live at the Fillmore East. Um which whenever, if you listen to that album, it's basically just 20 minute versions of all their songs. Um, like they kind of started the idea of being like a jam band, like even before the Grateful Dead or probably like right around the same time as the Grateful Dead. All right. And last one for this episode, bad company, <laughs> another band like foreigner and ZZ top. That is like quintessential when you think of classic rock. Like, you cannot think of, like, typical classic rock without thinking of Shooting Star, Bad Company, Feel Like Making Love, uh, Sky is Burning. Like, all those songs are just fucking classics. And Paul Rogers, who was the singer for free, uh, just, like, 
the epitome of a classic rock voice. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. So that's... All right. So there you go. That is episode one. 100 through 76. So I'll be doing 76 through 51 next week. Peace out. Well, I guess you just have to be prepared to die. Well, what? Pay attention. Get off your cell phones. Pay attention. Yeah.